God is so good. We last week launched our new mission statement, Kingdom Come, out of Matthew chapter 6. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Travis and I have been praying, what is Lifeway's story? What's the next page in our story? What, Lord, are you calling us to do here in this valley? And he so emphatically in August said, kingdom come. Kingdom come. That is why we're here. And, you know, we have companies have mission statements. Then they have vision statements. And then they have a culture they're trying to create. And we believe that this is our mission. This is what we do on a daily basis. This is our vision, our goal for the future. And this is our culture because we are kingdom. We are in a culture of heaven. Amen? You were joined with Christ, and you were joined into a family. You were joined into the kingdom. Right? So cool. He didn't just save you from your sins to leave you here to just, you know, deal. He saved you. He redeemed you. He clothed you in righteousness so that you can take it and give it to someone else and see them saved, redeemed, and clothed in righteousness. May your kingdom come. It's time. The Great Commission says go into all the world and preach the gospel. That wasn't just then. It's for us now, today. And that is why Lifeway is here for such a time as this. His kingdom, his power and authority over all, his purposes and way of life, both on earth and in eternity, we are in his kingdom. Our friend Tommy Miller, we texted him and said, hey, Give us your definition of the kingdom. He's the pastor at Legacy Church. And one of my favorite things is that Legacy Church, the summit, we're all joining arms to say this is, it's time for the kingdom. It's time for denominational walls to fall. And it's time for the kingdom of heaven to permeate this valley. Amen. No more separation. No more division in our minds. We have to change the way we think. Hmm. So we asked Tommy, and he said, kingdom, the theocratic establishment of God's rule on earth, established and enforced by his sons and daughters. What is a theocracy? A theocracy is a system of government in which priests rule in the name of God. (laughs) So he says, a theocratic establishment where priests rule in the name of God. Who, Who are you? You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation when you are joined with Jesus. Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words. Keep turning away from your sin. Repent. That's what repent means. Turn away from your sin. Change the way you think. It's not grovel and be condemned. It's turn and walk a different way. Holy, holy, holy are you, Jesus. Turning away from your sins and come back to God, for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. And it means, it also says at hand or close enough to touch. When Jesus came, the kingdom came alive in us. It's no longer a mystery. It is accessible through Jesus in relationship with him. Amen? We are called as the body. Mm -hmm. You're the body, by the way. 
of Jesus. His living and very active. He's the head of the church and we are his body. And we are to live out the kingdom. I mean, it's so clear. And it just even that moment, just thinking about I'm his body, active in this world. I'm his arm. I'm his foot. I'll be whatever he wants me to be. But look, I'm joined with him. And I get to walk out his kingdom in my daily life. I'm not just talking about coming to church and walking it out here. I'm talking about let's blow these walls out and walk it out everywhere we go. And I read a devotion in the last couple weeks, and it's titled, Bringing Conflict to the Streets. Matthew 25, 35 says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. This is what kingdom dominion looks like. I'm going to read you a story. We have an annual holiday feast in which families from the church adopt a table in our gym and decorate it with Christmas decorations. The tables are set with our finest china, crystal, and silverware. We then bust the needy to this event held in their honor. This past year, we served prime rib. We started with 34 roasts to feed two seatings of 500 people each. After serving 19 roasts in the first seating, we realized that the 15 we had left were not enough for the 200 workers plus the second group of 500. The decision was made to not feed the workers. But when they went back into the kitchen, there were 22, not 15. Seven more had mysteriously appeared. The workers were fed then, as well as the second group of needy people. That should have exhausted our mysterious 22 roasts, but there were 12 more left over after everyone had eaten. Multiplying bread is great, but I really like to see prime rib multiply. <laughs> Kingdom reality had overwhelmed one of the devil's works. That's the normal Christian life. That is the normal Christian life. Wherever you are, he is. And you take dominion. Our title this morning is Kingdom Come Dominion. What does it mean to have dominion where we are? It means seeing prime rib multiply. I see you. I see you, Terry. You're going to go and you're going to put your plate in front of you at lunchtime and like, Jesus, make this hamburger multiply. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? There's so many things I could tell you just about this week that we've seen him do. And I can testify to when we walk in his kingdom-mindedness, when we walk in the, in, the, in the consciousness that we get to overthrow the works of the devil by being Jesus wherever we go, oh man, look out. Look out. Leslie and I spent the day on Thursday with Ohio's church multiplication directors, Al and Parisiano. And so they oversee all the church planting that takes place throughout the state, which is huge in reality to Ohio for Jesus because we're believing for a thousand new churches in the next 10 years. And Jesus can do it. And we were at Hillcrest Orchard in Walnut Creek and we were walking around and I just happened to be wearing this shirt the same shirt. I did wash it before I put it on today. And we were walking, and an older gentleman was walking towards us, and he looked down, and he saw my shirt, and he just started shaking his head, and he said, your kingdom come. 
It's universal. And it's scripture. This isn't anything that we're trying to manufacture ourselves. It is right out of scripture. It's the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come now on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came to restore all that the enemy stole. Jesus came to restore all that was lost through sin. 1 John 3, 8 says, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. That was his mission. That is our mission. And this includes our identity as carriers of the kingdom, sons and daughters of God, co-heirs with Christ. Jesus came to restore our identity. He came to restore the original mandate that was given to us in Genesis chapter 1, dominion. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. You see, we get a very rare glimpse into the conversation of the Trinity. You don't see this often in the Bible but we get a rare glimpse into the conversation the Trinity was having. And the Trinity wanted to create something that would be involved in their relationship. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, relationship. They saw you in relationship with them. That is the reason you were created. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why am I here? Why was I born? What is the reason for my existence? Your reason was to have relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Period. That is the reason God chose to create you. Now, there is a difference, though. Hear me. There's a difference between the reason why something was created and the purpose for which it was created. There's a difference between the reason why something was created and the purpose for which it was created. I'll give you an example. I was walking the halls of this building a few weeks ago, and I looked into our food pantry, our largest community outreach that we have, serving thousands and thousands of people a year, giving out hundreds of thousands of pounds of food every year. And I looked in and I saw all of the shelves. If you've never walked through our food pantry, I encourage you to do that. It's amazing. I saw all of the shelves and all of the different canned goods and the food that was organized on all of those shelves. And I thought, there's a perfect example. The reason those shelves were created was because of the burden of this church many years ago to feed the hungry of Tuscarawas County. That was the reason. Their purpose is to organize the food. Do you see the difference? There's a difference between the reason why you were created and the purpose for which you were created. The purpose for something serves the reason. The reason why you were created was to love God and be loved by God. The reason why you were created, church, was to love God and be loved by him. 
Let us make man in our own image. Fellowship with the Trinity. Relationship with the Father. In that reason comes your purpose. Dominion. Governing sovereign authority. That is your purpose. You see, we get this messed up real bad. And we allow what we do to define who we are instead of allowing who we are to define what we do. There is a major misunderstanding in the church today because so often, and and it's not wrong, our love to serve and to work and to do things is fantastic, but we can't put the cart before the horse because so often we work for identity instead of working from identity. And it's more about what we do defining who we are than our identity as sons and daughters defining what we do. And we work and we work and we work and we burn out. And we get tired. And our life is more about following rules than it is about, than it is about living in union with the Father. And we get tired, and and church becomes more about sin management than it actually does about living in relationship, in freedom, and in grace. We have to stop performing for God and start co-laboring with him. Do this with me. It's a co-mission together with him. He said in John 17, make them one as you and I are one, you and me and me and you, he's Jesus talking to the Father. Genesis 1.26, let's keep going. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. There's our reason. And let them have dominion, our purpose. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. See, God wanted to create someone just like him, just like who he is, to reflect his likeness into all of creation. That is our assignment, carrying the kingdom, the reality of God's rule and his reign, his likeness, who he is, everywhere you go. When you step into the grocery store, the kingdom of heaven steps into the grocery store. When you go to your job, it's not just another day at the office. It's a day to see the impossible become possible because the reality and power of the kingdom has stepped into your workplace. Boy, do we see Monday morning like that. It's all about our perspective. It's all about our understanding who we truly are as believers in Jesus. I love this. I have to read this out of out of scripture here because this just did blew me away. And God said, let us let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. Livestock, creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to their kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man according to their kind. Let us make man according to our image, according to our 
likeness. He created a God kind of being. Man and woman, according to the likeness of the Godhead. That is our identity. You were created in the likeness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our design, our reason is to love and be loved. Our purpose is to have dominion in the territory he's created for you. And he gave you this purpose before you were ever even created. He gave you your purpose before you were ever created. Now that looks differently depending on who you are, where you are at in life, where you live, where you work. But the mandate does not change. Take dominion. Authority. And he gave you this purpose, church, before you were ever created. It's as simple as this. The chairs that you are all sitting in, whoever the inventor of the chair was, I don't know who he was. Thankful for that dude, by the way. But he saw the purpose for the chair before he created the chair. That's, that's true of anything that's ever been created. The inventor saw the need for something. He saw the purpose that something would serve before ever creating it. And before you were a twinkle in your mother's eye, God knew you. He called you by name, and he called you to a far greater purpose than you would ever believe. Day one, humanity was created to establish his dominion on earth. You see, in Genesis chapter 3, we lost our relationship with the Father. Not only did we lose relationship with the Father in Genesis 3, but we also lost our authority in the kingdom. And like I said, Jesus came to restore us back to that original state. We cannot accomplish what we have been commissioned to do without understanding the authority that we carry. The authority that you carry in Jesus, the Holy Spirit abides within you. And we're going to say this every Sunday, every day of the week, and we're not going to stop saying it. You have been raised up and seated in heavenly places. You are co-heirs with Christ, sons and daughters of the living God, his Holy Spirit the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within you. Whom shall you fear? What is impossible? Nothing. But we have to live in that identity and in that understanding. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The word kingdom is a compound word from the words king in dominion or domain. Dominion means a territory usually of considerable size in which a single rulership holds sway. How many of you know when sin came into the world in Genesis 3, we lost the authority and we gave it to the enemy? Well, when Jesus came, and he died on the cross, and he was resurrected, and he was seated in heavenly places along the right hand of the Father. He said, what did he say? All authority has been given to me. So if Jesus has all authority, who has no authority? The enemy. 
he took the keys of life and death, and he now holds them. He restored everything back to where it was, and he has given us the keys to the kingdom, the authority that we have. A single rulership holds sway. We now have the authority in this world over the kingdom of darkness, his dominion. We have the privilege of establishing the king's dominion on earth as we walk out our identity as sons and daughters of God, co-heirs with Christ. Everywhere you go, Pam, next week, when you get on that stage and you begin to speak to the suicide epidemic, you're speaking as a daughter of the king, and you are standing in the authority that you have been given to say, no more suicide. In Jesus' name, it's done. And we have that responsibility and that privilege to take hold of that authority and to see his kingdom established on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Are you ready? Five of us. Hey, if one can chase 1,000, two can chase 10,000. I think five can chase 92,000, right, in our county? Let's do it. So I want to talk to you just for a second about that part, subdue to subdue. So we've been given a new identity in Christ, but not just that. We've been called to subdue and have dominion over the earth, right? I think that's cool. He gave them the garden. He gave them all the animals to name, to subdue, to bring fruit out of, and to also bear fruit themselves. Let's read Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 through 28. So God created man in his image, In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Ha ha. Be fruitful and multiply. Thank you, TJ and Muffy, for being fruitful and multiplying. (laughs) They're, 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 They're taking their dominion, right? Woo. Our children are, oh, that's so cool. Our children take dominion for the kingdom. When we multiply, the kingdom multiplies. That's so cool. We're, we're not having another, we want to adopt, but we're not having another baby. But, you know, never, I don't know. You never know what God can do. All right, so be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And all the hunters said, Amen. He said, have dominion over the fish, over the birds. He gave us everything we need here. And he gave it to us to rule and reign as his daughters and sons. And we gave that up. But then Jesus comes and he says, I'm taking back the keys. I'm taking back the dominion. I am calling you to subdue. And go back to what was originally set forth. The king created humanity in his image and likeness to rule as kings over the territory he created them for, to confirm his kingship. Next week, we're going to talk about what does it look like? What's your dominion? What's your place to subdue? He created the territory first, then kings to have dominion and subdue the earth. He created you with an intention. We're not here to just take up space. We are here with a purpose. 
for such a time as this, to be clothed and to subdue the earth. Amen? And when we were talking about, well, I'll read this quote first. Subdue the earth. God created everything we need in the earth and then commissioned us to subdue it. Harnessing natural resources in an appropriate fashion, caring for the earth, cultivating and harvesting its fields, mining its resources, and releasing its potential to benefit God's highest creation, mankind. He gave all of it to us, to benefit us, to bless us, to give us abundance. Amen? So when you're working, when you're toiling, when you're doing what God has placed you in that position to do, you are taking ground for the kingdom. Come on. You have a purpose. And you don't have to change jobs to know that purpose. Your purpose is to follow his voice. But it comes out of, like Travis said, you have to know who you are. You have to know who you are as a son and a daughter. As we walk this out, we reflect his kingship. We express his nature, authority, and goodness for the unseen realm to to the seen realm where we are kings. From the unseen realm to the seen realm where we are kings. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You tired of something going wrong in your life? You take dominion over it and subdue it in Jesus' name. We have a destiny waiting for us to step into and fulfill. What does it look like to have dominion? When we did this message a few weeks back, we were talking about dominion, and it sounds like a harsh word. I'm to have dominion. And we've seen how reckless that can be when we as humans take dominion in our own name. We've seen the harm that can come when we don't move out of the kingdom, but we move out of selfishness, not righteousness. And what he's calling us to is an Isaiah 58 dominion. In Isaiah 58, it says, this is the kind of fast that I desire. Remove the heavy chains of oppression. Stop exploiting your workers. Set free the crushed and mistreated. Break off every yoke of bondage. Share your food with the hungry. Provide for the homeless and bring them into your home. Clothe the naked. Don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. Then my favor will bathe you in sunlight until you are like the dawn bursting through a dark night. And then suddenly your healing will manifest. When we walk out our identity as being loved by God and loving him, then the kingdom will naturally flow out of you. It's a natural result. It's not something you have to force because the supernatural becomes the natural in the life of a believer. It's the truth. Did you hear what I said? The supernatural becomes our natural in the life of a believer. And I can, I can prove it to you, but I'm not, I don't have to. He's going to prove it to you as you walk with him, as you talk with him. He wants a, a divine relationship with you. He wants a divine anointed time with you every day. He wants to form your heart and how he thinks about you, not how I think about you, not how anybody else thinks about you. He wants you in such communion with him that you can walk in peace. You don't walk in insecurity. You can walk in joy. You don't walk in fear. You can walk in love. Come on. What does this world need? What really will shift culture is people who really love one another. Because we are first loved. 
in Kentucky, there's a town that was ravaged by the opioid epidemic. And my dad and I was a few years back, I don't know, maybe five, six years back, we went to Kent State University and we listened to a gentleman, one of the representatives from the town, come and share what happened in this town. And I'm talking ravaged, I'm talking corruption in every possible form. And he came and he said, we got the Christians together to start to pray over our town. And things started to shift. The corruption started to be revealed. And things started to change. And life was breathed back into that town because those crazy Christians got together and believed that they could take dominion over the darkness. Dominion over the darkness. We're not, we're not taking dominion over one another. We're taking dominion over the darkness. Jesus came to destroy the powers of darkness. That's what we're here to do. And what they saw was miraculous. They saw fish in their streams again. They saw wildlife in their woods again because, see, it had gotten completely wiped out. Everything. When the sons and daughters of God don't take their dominion, even nature responds to the darkness. And when we take our place, when we take our authority, when we say, yes, I receive the keys, and I walk out this place of dominion in my life, it's my neighborhood, it's my family, it's my job, things will change. Things will shift. But it's not a have to. It's a get to. We don't have to. We get to. Amen? Daughters and sons of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, go therefore and preach the gospel. Save the lost, heal the sick, raise the dead. Greater things will you do in my name. Not our glory, his. Amen? Let's worship and close out this time, and then you can go and take dominion in Jesus' name.